0: Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls. I did a post on social media a while ago. It showed a few of my paintings, and my main message was how I think of my paintings as mini life coaches. I explained how staring at my paintings would cause you to see a piece of yourself, a truth about you. I hadn't written a post like that before because of something I hadn't practiced, something I hadn't even known to practice, something that made my life better. And that's what I want to share with you today. The reason I hadn't written a post like that before was because of the false assumption I was making about myself, an assumption that you might be making about yourself. The assumption I was making was that I need to be one thing at a time. When I was living under that assumption, I thought of my life this way. There's Heather, that's the artist. That's when I get to paint and be creative and be very connected with what's going on in the moment and very much in flow. And there's Heather, who's a coach. That's the trained life coach in me. That's learned a bunch of tools and gets to help my clients solve problems. There's the other who was a lawyer. So I used to be a lawyer and I'm not a lawyer anymore. So that's kind of something in my past. I was thinking of my life as being composed of a series of roles, each role in its own box. What I wasn't doing is bringing these three things together. I wasn't seeing the central thing common to all of them, which was me. I was thinking, oh, these are totally separate things. I've got my lawyer brain. I've got my artist brain. I have my coach brain. So when I'm coaching, I'm not being my artist self. I'm excluding that part of me. I'm making her wait. I'm focused on things relevant to coaching. I'm focused on psychology and mindset and body wisdom, and all the things I've learned as a coach. But the artist part of me, well, she's not relevant. She needs to stay off on the side. When I'm painting, I'm focused on creating empty space and going into flow and feeling the colors and letting go of my thinking mind. And I'm kind of putting the coaching part of me, the part that's interesting in psychology, all that kind of stuff. I'm putting her aside. And when I was coaching or painting, I was leaving the lawyer part of me off to the side. In fact, I was pretty much rejecting her. I was making her wrong. She was in my past. I was telling her, this isn't your space anymore. You have nothing relevant to offer here. You're in the past. The result of all of that was that I felt tremendously guilty all the time because no matter what I was doing, I was neglecting the other parts of me. I was forcing them to be quiet. I was banishing them to the corner of the room. All of this, all of this staying in the right role had a significant impact. When I was painting, I wasn't allowing the coach part of me in. I wasn't letting in any of her insights. I wasn't letting them inform my work. I wasn't seeing how my art is just like my coaching. I wasn't seeing how my art comes from a similar place, a desire to help other people, to connect with that place inside them that's beautiful and important and worthy. I wasn't noticing that the difference was simply the mode of expression. In one case, in coaching, a post, conversation with a client, or this podcast. In the other case, in the artist case, a painting, a conversation with a viewer, a communication between the painting and the viewer. I definitely wasn't seeing my paintings as mini life coaches. As a coach, I wasn't fully exploring with my clients what art could teach them. I wasn't sharing what I was learning from doing my own art. I taught this class, a workshop. Actually, I still teach it. It's called soul painting. It's a process I developed as a painter. I take people who might never have painted before, and we connect with nature. We meditate. We listen to mystical music we de-stress completely, and then we let the paint flow through us. A bunch of that comes from my own painting process, a process that took me from not doing art at all to painting anything I want. And so I thought of that workshop, which came from Heather the painter as unrelated to my coaching. I wasn't seeing the similarities. I was thinking of soul painting as something that helps people de-stress. I was thinking of soul painting as a magical process that helps people get in touch with their creativity instantly and brilliantly, but I wasn't seeing it as something far broader than that, a process that felt healing to every participant because it allowed them to be them, to express what was in their souls, their most secret longings, the part of them that yearned to be heard, I think every participant who did a soul painting workshop felt better about themselves as unique humans here on earth afterwards. They felt more capable. More importantly, they felt that comfort that comes from listening to themselves. It was only when I started to marry all the parts of me together that I saw, hey, wait, the soul painting workshops I give do the exact same thing as my coaching does. It's just a different way of communicating. You're okay exactly who you are. It's okay to listen to yourself. It's okay to do it your way. It's okay to express what comes up in you. The best things are in you. It was maybe one or two years ago that I started to really bring all the parts of me together to let each part of me, each role I played cross-pollinate the other roles. I think it's this cross-pollination across all the parts of us, all the roles we play, that helps each one of us find our genius. We come into this world. We have our unique experiences, our unique trials and tribulations, our unique challenges and joys. We master different skills. We get paid for some of them and not others, and it doesn't matter if we're paid or not. It's an artificial distinction because our whole range of life experiences, our skills and things we learn, all of them contribute to what we can do now, what we can offer the people around us now, the quality of the next thing we do. We lose a lot when we separate our roles and say, hey, I can only do this here. Only this category of things is relevant here. My clients tend to be people in transition. They're people who have been out of the workforce because they were being mothers or they had a serious illness. They're people who lost all their money and are restarting life again from ground zero financially. They're people with full-time careers who are seeking something more, greater satisfaction, more purpose, whether they stay in their jobs or not. They're people who are switching jobs, switching careers, or retiring and looking to start something new. And they all really just want one thing, to feel more alive. I think that's what any of us want, to embrace life, which all means they want to feel more them. And feeling more them means feeling more all of them, not dividing their lives into bits and pieces of them. Separate roles, small parts of them in each situation. No, it means feeling like their whole expressive self all of the time. It means not being trapped in environments where they feel obliged to leave the best parts of them behind. Which brings me to a topic. I'm on a bit of a different page than some people. And that's okay if you're one of those other people. It's this whole idea of being professional. I see this a lot on LinkedIn, where I post a fair bit. And don't worry, I'm going to tie this back into our subject. A couple of years ago, people posted almost nothing authentic or real on LinkedIn. There was a lot of boring, elevator, speechy, kind of crappy things. I think you know what I mean. Our organization is people first. Or with us you come first, or I'm pleased to announce our company was just voted best employer, or I'm happy to share I was recently honored by being awarded the Presidential Medal for Good Service. So I just totally made up that medal, but just to get you a feeling for the kind of posts that used to be rampant on LinkedIn. Boring shit that doesn't feel real, and certainly Nothing that feels relatable, at least to me. But over the last couple of years, there's this trend. It's making LinkedIn a bit more like other social media platforms, like social. It's a trend that favors posting, like a human. Talking about real things that matter, like a human. Issues we're concerned about, ways people have been treated, stuff we've been learning or are learning challenges we faced or are facing, important stuff, real stuff. And sometimes that includes swearing because it seems to be the only way or a better way to express the depth of emotion, the rawness of what's being expressed. But some folks on LinkedIn are pretty upset about all of this. They think it's not right. They think it's inappropriate. This is a professional platform here, they say. So, first of all, I want to say there's a heavy misconception about the places people would all agree are professional and what they're actually like to be in. I worked as a lawyer, which is, I think, what people think of as being a professional. And in that capacity, I worked with senior executives from the largest companies, a totally professional role. And I can tell you, Fuck was in every second conversation, perhaps every conversation, even in lots of email interchanges. So I'd like to challenge the idea that professional means not swearing. Okay, that's an aside. The important issue here is the idea oh, in this forum, we should be professional, which really means. There are all these things we shouldn't do here because they don't fit that role of being professional. They shouldn't be here because, well, we as professionals, we don't do that here. We do that unprofessional stuff somewhere else. What if the real rule were here is where we do whatever's effective, whatever helps us make the impact or get the results we want to achieve by being here? We get to bring whatever experiences or insights or manners of expression help us achieve the desired outcomes. Just so long as we're not hurting anyone or being violent or spreading hatred or something like that that's truly offensive. Which really isn't a rule for one place or another. Isn't really a rule about being professional. It's just a rule we can apply to life generally. I believe, Savvy Souls, all you really need to do is to show up to each experience, bringing the best you can offer to that experience. You don't have to dip into the experience you've had playing that particular role only. You get to take all the knowledge that's in you from everything you've been through, everything you've learned, all the people you've met or been taught by or helped, the emotional lessons you've learned, the life skills you've picked up, the tools of trade you've learned or another trade that you've learned, all of it. And you get to bring all of that to everything you do. You don't have to pick and choose things that properly fit the role you think you're in. You don't have to say, oh, this is a job search. So my resume can only include things I've been paid to do. I can't talk about all those other things. No, you get to talk about anything you believe would help you contribute something unique to that job. You don't have to become a new life coach and say to yourself, okay, now I need to teach only the tools I've learned in life coaching school. All those other things I know from just having been alive don't count because those weren't part of the life coach training. Those can't be part of my coaching role. No, you get to bring all of you into any role you play. You don't have to attend a networking event and say, I can't mention that. It's not professional. When you have something to share that could fundamentally help the human being who's across from you at the table or standing with you having a drink. You don't have to attend a meeting and agree when someone says, oh, we can't do that. We've never done it that way before. That's not our role. Especially if the suggestion is amazing and would bring energy and aliveness to that group that it hasn't experienced for so long because it's so caught up in the idea of the role it should play. I guess all I'm really saying here, savvy souls, is let yourself be open. Notice when you're telling yourself, I can't do that here. I can't say that here. That's not allowed here. Be alert for thoughts like that. Be ready to challenge them. Forget about the role you think you should be playing. Ask simply, would this be helpful here? Would this be an effective solution? Does this idea have something to contribute to these people now? Does saying it this way make it easier for someone to understand? In other words, bring all of you to everything you do. Make an assessment. Use discernment. But don't filter out something because it doesn't fit the role you're playing. Maybe consider just stop playing roles and see how much more engaging life feels. See how vastly much more effective you are when you stop role-playing. See how the quality of all your interchanges improve. Go out, savvy souls. Be you, all of you, all this week. Love you guys. See you next time. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.